I was asking you about um, when you write music and you create something, my tendency is to, as soon as I've got a little idea down, I let it out. And it, is that what you would do? Are you more perfectionist? You're talking about something this Sunday you've got coming up. There's a couple of scenarios. Because um, you don't want to... Like if I've, if I've already got the gig and now basically what I'm trying to do is they've asked me for a certain vibe. Um, I'm trying to recreate that vibe or kind of get inside of their head and give them what they want. I'll demo something quickly. Um, you know, try to give them a, as best as I I can a representation of what what it might be, um, but definitely not perfection. I mean, I could really get into that, but then you're spending hours and hours and hours and hours, and then you might send them demo, and they might go, "No, that's that's the wrong direction." So usually, what I'll do is I'll even demo like maybe even 16 bars. This is kind of the vibe. Okay. Um, am I on the right direction? Yeah. You know, and make it, you know, it's not like I'm uh, trying to make it as, as bad as possible. You try to make it as good as possible within the, the guys that it's a demo. You know, and always uh, when I send it off, I'm like, look, this is a rough, this is a rough sketch. Right. But when I'm doing the rough sketch, I'm trying to make it. Yeah, for example, we were talking earlier. So what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm writing for this um, children's dance show called Zoo Dance in Calgary. And we're recording it on Sunday. So I've sent all the demos that I did in a, a digital audio workstation. Um, I call it DAW because I DAW. think it sounds cool. Duh, yeah, I just for our listeners, I just wanted to sound like I could actually say words instead of letters. It's like no one really knows what MIDI stands for, you know? Exactly. And then we, yeah, it sounds cool just to say. Um, but then this morning what I did is, because I'm, I'm going to send the charts to the musicians right away, is I just exported the audio in my notation software. What is your notation software? Sibelius. Why that over uh, Finale? Is that n become the new standard? No, I think they're both kind of... There's three powerhouses. There's Finale, Sibelius, and there's a new one um, made by Steinberg called Dorico. Okay. That a lot of people are... It's a completely different way. And actually, it's people... It's a group that left Sibelius and then Steinberg basically... Got a hold of them. What's it called? Right Dorico. Dorico. It's a. It's so for me. You asked why Sibelius. I tried Finale years ago, and I just couldn't make any sense of it. It was difficult. The, in, Sibelius, I the inputting was too many steps for inputting. Yeah, Sibelius felt way more natural. I could get into the program without reading a four hundred page <sighs> book. Yeah. Um, it just. It was more intuitive to me. But some people say a little about Pro Tools, but you, you're a Pro Tools guy, are you? I use Pro Tools, but I also, during COVID, I went, originally years ago when I started this, I used Cubase. And I yeah. switched back to Cubase for my main. 
but I still use Pro Tools. Like for this session, we're gonna record it in Pro Tools. So what I'll do is I'll prepare all the tracks. Actually, there won't be any tracks, but there's there's tempo changes in them. So I'll just, I'll have everything set up so they just have to load it in on the studio. That's sweet. So I stay, I try to stay current with, with Pro Tools because it is industry standard. Yeah. Now where does, I use, I use Logic. Where does Logic sort of stand with, like Logic a, sort of like a cousin of a lot of people still use yeah they they use Logic it's great I used Logic for a number of years and for some reason it just didn't really didn't really hit Logic sounds better in the minor keys I find Logic yeah it just it's there's something about it yeah yeah I never dug in like a lot of people really dig into the guts of the program and work it see that six year old kid online. Instagram, there's a six-year-old kid and he's doing stuff in Logic and he's he's sampling stuff, he's tweaking it, he's adjust, he's doing all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm hearing this trumpet thing and he sings a trumpet line and then he finds a sound, he samples his voice and then he plays, doo -doo -doo -doo, does all this thing that was sort of like a trumpet flute. It's a new instrument I'm working on. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, I want to find that kid and say, you should you should go to your room. You're a bad little Ground boy. Him. You're Ground a bad him. boy. Unbelievable what he's doing. So anyway, that's my logic divergence. So yeah, I, I use logic, but I'm, for me, it's still like a tape recorder. That's how I use it. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to even now figure out how to, how to mix vocals properly. And there's lots of great tutorials right on how to oh, yeah. using compressor, no, like compressors uh, and stuff. And like, I don't even understand, but it's. Yeah, it's, it's still used a, a ton. It's one of the, the top ones for sure. But you could have some old cat, a David Foster walk in with a four track today and kick our butts with yeah. what they come up with. And so there's, yeah. there's, I still like to know that there's those, there's those, um, artists out there that have that ability to create without the aid of too much technology that at the end of the day, you know, yeah, exactly. They, they got that. They got that thing. So you got a show on the shows this Sunday or you're recording the tracks. Recording the tracks. Cool. Is yeah. that here in Edmonton? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I, what I did was I sent just exported audio from Sibelia. So the it's gonna be very basic, basic sounds. It's the computer playing it. But so why Sibelia over finale? Do, 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 do. Holy, what the? <laughs> That's funny. I just really swear that I just answered that. <laughs> Dorico is worth checking out. Uh, is it got a free demo? It does sure. have a demo and Mac, it's got Mac a really, friendly. there's a, from, from people that I know that have switched from Sibelius, the learning curve is steep because it's a completely different, I haven't spent any time on it, so I don't know what this means, but it's a completely different way of inputting. Um, but the people that have spent the time to kind of learn it, they say it saves some hours. Really? It's just really intuitive. It's just, you're not always going into um, all these menus or going over here and clicking stuff. It's just intuitive. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but. Um, well, for me, for me, intuitive and I'm in a Mac, for me, a Mac is intuitive. It just seems to work with how I think. That's why I like it. So Doracle works fine on both platforms. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, you can run it on. And are you a Mac uh, guy at home or are you a PC at home? I have a Mac laptop. Okay. 
CD recording on the PC. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and you're not an iPhone guy. I'm learning a lot about you, Chris. I was an iPhone guy, and... Who hurt you? What happened? Want to talk about it? They well, hurt me. They bought... They... I love their products. I don't like how they rip you off. Hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely... You know, I, I had the first iPhone, and I probably had every model up until the 7 plus loved it and then they just you know they introduced the new model and they would start it at 64 gigs and then it would jump up you know and you're not going to buy a 64 gig storage device and what do you have to samsung samsung yeah so before great on that thing isn't it not that yeah i had the the my first departure was the huawei p30 pro and the camera on that was Actually, that was the best phone I ever had. Wasn't to there be honest. security worry? There was really, yeah. <clears throat> so all my information is somewhere because I used that phone. But man, I but I love their I love their products. Like I have an iPad, yeah, which I absolutely love. But they're just what bothers me about that is the it's so powerful, but yet you can't actually utilize the power of it because of the OS. And they're never going to, like, why couldn't I run Logic on it instead of GarageBand? Why couldn't I run Cubase or Pro Tools? Right. But then I'm not going to buy a Mac. Yeah. Like a Mac Pro or whatever. Is there something, you know when you're at a gig, you get an idea, you get a song idea, you turn your voice memo on, you, you play it in. But it'd be sort of cool to have something where you could notate it in, you could sing it into your phone and it would notate it. And I, I've got something, I found something where you can play and it's pretty good. Like it'll... It, it will, um, oh, no, no, it'll scan the music and then it'll play it back what it heard, which is kind of a cool thing. But it has to be like perfect. You can't be off when you yeah. do your scan. But I wish there was something that you could just I sing think, a melody into I and it notates it. There is. And I'm, if you might be able to do that with Sibelius and Finale. I've never investigated that, but I'm that pretty cool sure to be able to have that application that you, you come home and you do your chart then, but you're on the gig and you're like, Oh, you know, it'd be really cool. is this cello line. And you just go backstage, whatever. I sound like Jaws, but you, you do it and then it's, it saves and you just send it and it's notated to your, to your thing. That'd be cool. Upgrade. Yeah. They're probably pretty close to that. I, you know, there's these programs called like the, uh, Melodyne, which uh, a lot of um, studios and producers will use for tuning. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a higher end, well, yeah, higher end mel- uh, auto-tune. But you can, people will use it for transcribing because what you can do is you just input it and it analyzes everything and then it'll put it to like a grid. Oh. So like... If you know like a, that, like a MIDI grid, like a, an event, an edit list, yeah. almost. So people okay. like you can put, and there's there is a program with Sibelius. I haven't really fooled around with it. That's like that, where it'll analyze the tune and then it'll score it. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. and that's you know cool it might not be perfect, but now all of a sudden you put an Oscar Peterson tune in, and all of a sudden there it's is. grabbing everything, and then. Notating it as best as the program can do with what it has. Well, and I don't want to. I don't want to come back to our chat about AI 
what six podcasts ago because we're so deep in podcasts now like we are so into it yeah but because the after that episode like my power got shut off my computers like everything got shut off black vans were outside of my house so i'm not talking about ai you gotta stay away from it but i guess i ask you the question in the beginning about how long until you release something to people because here i think it's a problem for me where i get an idea whether it's musical or a book idea, or a, I do a, a, you know, a lot of talks. I use music as, as a metaphor for different talks I do. And I'll get the idea and I'll give it out to someone right away. So, oh, what about this? And, and sometimes I'll try and, and I think I, say, I think I put stuff out too soon and I don't quite pair it back. And my sister's a writer in England. And she said, I told her one time, I said, I've got an idea for a book. She goes, don't tell me, stop. I said, no, no, I got to tell you. She goes, don't, don't say it. Because the moment you say it to me, it's out and you're not going to do it. The way you have to get your book down, you just have to start writing your book. Once you start writing your book and you're committed. So I like that. Like if you have an idea, don't, idea yeah. don't share the idea. Get it out. Craft something. Craft enough of it that you go, okay, there's something there that I can I can work with. And I find hard to finish. You seem like you, you finish stuff, but I'll start a little tune. Like over my piano, I've got two pieces that I wrote starting in November. I was telling you I was going to write one piece a day. I didn't. Like what's March now? It was April. Even more shame. I thought Mark was I'm not going to bring anything up. But I'm I wrote these two pieces. And, and one, I and I took out my candles one night and I, I re-notated I, I re, um, it so it really looks nice. I did the whole handwriting thing. And what is it about that creative process that, that someone like me, I just can't, oh, I got four bars into this thing and then I quit. Or I got a lyric, I work on a lyric, kind of like, oh, I quit. I just, I quit before it, something gets finished. How do you finish? Well, you're looking for the perfect... I guarantee you, I said to you, next podcast, those two tunes are done. And there's a consequence if you don't. Like, say, if I'm paying you, hey, yeah. you've said, I, I came to you and you said, look, I need these two tunes. I'm paying you whatever per tune. They need to be done by this date. I guarantee you it would be done. As artists, we'll vibe ourselves out because you're looking for that perfect finish. And then you'll overanalyze it. And you'll okay. That's... That's, that's that's the answer. More so, perfectionism can kill you as an artist, hundred percent. Because you won't, but you want enough for, of it. You want enough of perfectionism that it, it turns yeah. out well. But that's why most of those um, creatives work better with like the deadlines. They'll get it done. I'm I'm like that. Yeah, you know, like I'll sit but there and I'll I'll. I'll procrastinate or I'll have the same thing. I'll have these shells of tunes and, you know, they could be done or crafted long before they actually were. And then the only way they get done is, oh, I'm going in the studio two weeks from now. They've got to be done. Where I could have had them done, you know, eight months before that and been shedding them and, yeah, yeah. you know, playing, playing with a, the ensemble that I actually want to record with. You know, so how do we, what tools, well, here's an example. A couple of weeks ago, I, I had a couple projects to do. I still have, you know, we always have projects on the go. And some people from our church texted me and said, at 521 that night, we have tickets to the Oilers game. If you're not from Alberta, Oilers is our big hockey team here. And it's loge, loge seating. And the loge is right above the, the first, like it's perfect. And you've got a, 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 a table in front of you. It's the best. Those tickets are a thousand dollars each. So four of us went, it was $4,000 of tickets we went to. Well, he just got them at work and, and, and called me to go. It doesn't matter what I had on that day, writing songs or whatever, rehearsing, practicing, nothing. I was gone. 
jersey was on, I was out the door, we were having dinner, and I was back at midnight. And I was able to take that big chunk of six hours, because I was so busy, but I was able to take that big chunk of six, six hours and throw it out, like, oh, I'll go to the game. But I can't sit down for two hours and work out some stuff. Like, it, there's no deadline, there's no, there's no pressure, but I want to improve, st your students want to improve, but what is that, that we, that procrastination thing that, no, I can't, I'm not going to practice, I'm going to Oilers game. I think it's, it, it can vary in different situations. Like there's the avoidance and the pro, uh, procrastination. Um, you almost said prostate it. exam, didn't you? I almost did. Yeah, I heard that. Which is, yeah. You're, you're in your, you're not 50s yet, are you? Yeah, 50. Okay, well 52. then it's relevant, so. Yeah. Don't want to go there. Anyways, um, I think there's there's different situations. Like there's the procrastination where you're avoiding because of the hard work. There's procrastination in the sense that you're avoiding because um, you're stuck in finding how, you know, the answer to complete or you're overthinking it. So it's being able to um, I think analyze which of the situations you are in and press through it. But more than press, yeah, I mean, you want to give yourself a break too. Like, hey, it's not working today. If you spent some time on it, yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. Spending six hours trying to finish a piece is not, in the end result, is probably going to be more detrimental because you're going to get depressed, you're going to get frustrated. But there's a part but, where you do have to chain yourself to the piano sometimes and just yeah. get it done. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like with the deadline, yeah, that's when it happens. You have a different frame of mind instantly. And you're like, I got to get this done. So you're doing whatever you can to finish it. Okay. You, you have three minutes to counsel me and fix me with a problem I'm going to share with you right now. I'm going to open up for your listeners. So I'm emceeing an event in a couple weeks in April. And it's a, a event for Alberta uh, Transport. And so they called me and some of the other musicians and Wayne Lee is there. A bunch of people are there. Um, Wayne's a hypnotist, speaker, keynote guy. And Mark Bodan is playing some guitar. Uh, Ariana's band is playing. So Stop. I'm going to fix your problem without even knowing it. You, you've solved your problem when you said Wayne Lee, hypnotist. Contact him, get him to hypnotize you. Problem solved. Well, I got a good story and about scene. Yeah, Wayne Wayne's great. You can go to WayneLee.com, I think. He's he's pretty good. He's been around for years. He's been man. around for and he's very cool. And he he doesn't age. Like I don't know how old that guy is, but when you look at his picture on the website, that's who you get when he shows up. So the organizers called all of us and said, Hey, can you do a little promo video just to shout out to some of the people that are not yet registered? Hold your phone up, say, Hey, this is Matt, and I'm seeing this event. I'm really excited to see everybody on April 18th or whatever, and we're gonna have a great time. Uptown's gonna be there, we're gonna have great food, and looking forward to seeing you go to this website. It's pretty easy, right? And I could just say it like that, and it sounded okay. Do you think I did that? No. I got in my studio, green screen, everything, this great little concept that worked out really well. I was in there for six hours. My wife eventually, I missed going for a walk with my wife. I didn't leave my studio. I went. I went insane in there. I left, and I had to gig that night too. I left angry, depressed. I had to go to the gym after because I was so upset because I was I couldn't get the right the right wording. Why couldn't I just go and just hold up that phone and just do a quick knockoff, just like maybe let's liken it to a piece on the piano? Just I'll just kind of rip that off, and it's good enough. Why couldn't it? What is that? Why couldn't that just be good enough? 
Like, serious question. I was six hours doing this, and my wife was unimpressed. So I don't even know where my wife is. I, she's out of the house. I haven't seen her in days now. That's not so true. You, but you want me to fix that? Fix that. Do you ever have that thing where you get so obsessed by something, and it yeah. didn't need you didn't need to obsess to that degree? Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's the. As an artist, as a creative being, that's what you want to give to the world. Because that's that's the way you look at it. You look at it as this is who you are. Right. So, of course, you're not going to just hold... Like, everyone can hold their phone up and do that. And you know what? With phone technology now, that's probably all you needed. That's and it looks funky. Well, and what you want to do is you want to take it to the next level. That's a testament to who you are as a professional. So how do you make that switch where you can look at that? Because I think of, of the other artists that you've heard through history who went just so hard into it. They didn't eat. They didn't sleep. Van Gogh cuts off his ear. I'm not saying I'm a Van Gogh. Not even close to that. But the point is, I was to the I hadn't seen that in me before that I obsessed over something that was not asked of me. You know, and you're right. Okay, I want it. Yeah, I want it to be good for... Well, maybe there's an underlying... I, I mean, we could get really heavy with it, but maybe it had nothing to do with the video. Whoa. Maybe there's some other Folks. stuff going on. and You know, Ariana uh, Whitlow is showing up here today in a little while, and I wish she'd be here right now because now you've got me in this kind of psychological corner, and you're finished. Finish me, man. Finish me. Come on. No, but that, I mean, that can say a lot, right? It, yeah. You know, it, it sometimes it might Maybe not even it's be not about the, video. the situation that you think it is, and it, you're, you're kind of using it as a way to not deal with some other stuff, whatever that might be. It could be as simple as, I mean, that's not simple, but it could be as simple as that. It could be as simple as the fact that, yeah, you just want to be, you want to, this is a representation of you and you want it to look as... Right, well, that as, is part of it. These days and, stuff you know, gets out and, and they I fired it off to the, they're going to hate it. In three minutes, it's on LinkedIn. Yeah, and I'll show you. It's it's pretty it's pretty creative. It's pretty good. But that maybe that's in my head too. Is that's going to be out there as well? And maybe that's why you want to work on a piece of music because they're going to hear it forever. You're going to be gone. That thing stays on the planet. Yeah, and that's you know, well, COVID's a perfect example of that. Everyone was putting these these concerts online. Yeah. Like, hey, here's me playing in the living room. Sound quality sucked. The technology wasn't there. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't want to do that because I didn't want it to exactly that reason. I didn't want it to look low budget and it is out there and it is a representation. Who knows? Someone could just watch what, uh, what I did and, and go, yeah, I'm not going to hire that guy. And it could have just been an impromptu. Yeah. So I'm yeah, really, have, I'm really careful. So there's, there's a couple I'm really things. careful about that. I think and and I think it was really amazing, um, especially during that time, the amount of people that did do that, artists that did do that, um, because it did bring a lot of joy and it connected a community um, during a, a really really difficult time. So I'm not saying that it was it was such a negative thing, but. The well, technology hope- wasn't there, and, and most of the people that are buying our services, 
they're not smart enough. Like I could look at a really crappy video with crappy sound and, and, and go, that person knows what they're doing. The majority of people out there What's that this? are buying yeah. can't see that. And that's what I worry about in those situations. So your instinct to, you know, maybe there was a part of you, your professional part where you're looking at this, you got to do this hit, this video hit and this with your phone and doing a little hit like that doesn't look professional. And so you went the other, the other way with too it. far. So by the time I'm done, I got a gig at six o'clock, that Atlas gig. I, I was, we started Atlas. Oh yeah. I got to ask you about that. We'll, we'll chat about that. Um, so we, and, and now it's, now it's a like quarter to five. My wife said, we were supposed to go for a walk. I'm like, yeah, honey, I know. I just got obsessed in this thing. Chris, the amount of takes I took, it, it was insane. It was, and I thought, I'm worried about this guy that I don't even, I don't even know me right by this time. So then I have to go to the gym. I just go to the gym and get on the treadmill, run for 20 minutes. I feel a little better. Then I get to the gig. I'm sort of grumpy now. Like, I don't want to sit here playing all night. I've, you know, I'm done. I've spent myself artistically, creatively. It's, it's gone. And so I'm just, ah, kind of grumpy. The next morning I woke up and I listened to these little uh, affirmations and, and stuff. And, and the one that came on that day was about gratitude. And the first guy, there's all these different speakers are speaking on this little, little thing. You just listen to it as you're, as you're cleaning your house or whatever. And the first thing he said was, if you woke up tomorrow morning and all you had left were the things that you were thankful for today, what would those things be? I'm like, oh, man, that just, I could get goosebumps thinking about that. It's just, that's where it was for me. So the next, next night I played Atlas again, totally grateful. I was grateful for, oh, you know, I, lo I love the, I love the wood, the, how that looks on the piano. I love this feel. That server over there was so nice to me or whatever that everything changed the smell of the food. I just, everything I was just saying. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for this. And that changed my attitude so much from, so maybe that's part of it is, is gratitude. I wrote gratitude on this little sheet, cheat sheet we've got here. We didn't, haven't used it yet, but um, yeah, maybe there's some gratitude that, that needs to change. You find gratitude changes you when you're. Oh, hundred percent. It's a positive mood. energy. hundred percent positive yeah. energy. You need to, you need to kind of take a step back and, and look at that. Yeah, there's something there's something there. There and something I wanted to say to you as well. When you ended, I put you on the spot, but you ended that podcast, our last podcast, so nicely. And you said, uh, love, peace, something like this. There was something really beautiful the way you ended it with you had three words. So powerful, I don't remember what it was. But there was something about that that just felt much more uh gracious and gentle. And just felt, you know, the world needs the the way you said that. Be, be good to yourself. Like that was, it was just, it was real simple, but I just, I want to let you know that I'm going to get all choked up, but it was really nice way you ended that. Thanks man. Yeah. Well, well I mean, it is, it, it's, we do need more of that. Absolutely. Especially in the, in yeah. this world and especially in our, in our industry. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of not that, not that you're right. So to, you know, I'm very, very grateful. Like I, I never take, and especially coming through COVID, um, I never take for granted even the gigs that, you know, I might, you might not think I don't want, you might not think I want to do. I'm still grateful. I'm grateful that, you know, at 52, I'm still making money playing music mm -hmm. and I'm in a scene. People call me to do a job like that's how can you not be 
grateful for that. Absolutely. You know, following something that's been a passion. And so you have to focus on that because, I mean, you know. And not like it's our age. It's our age. I mean, we're, no, we're, any we're still relatively young. But when you get to 52 is interesting for me because 52 represented a deck of cards. And people say, you know, you, you play the deck you've been dealt in life. And I thought, not that I was going to die at 53, but I thought when I hit 53, it's like, you know, I've played those cards now. And I got a lot more serious about what I wanted to do when I grow up, like as a musician. 52 cards. Oh you my see God. what I mean? Yeah. So no, you, that's not cool. You played your deck. So now I'm sense, done. No, no. What, 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 I'm done, man. You, that's you, what no, you're, you're telling me. you're done playing games. Now you know what you want to do. That's the point. Is okay. Now you're solid. That's, what, that's where I got to a 52. Uh, that analogy didn't go quite where I wanted it to go as well as I wanted no, it to I'll go. I'll talk to my therapist about but, that because I... <laughs> talk to your therapist about me too to say, hey, you know, I've got like, this buddy of mine. I said that... All he had to do he was played a all the decks one card and <laughs> I can't count and he was like 52 <laughs> cards in a deck and i 52 weeks in a year. There's something... And I'm 52 years old and seen <laughs> life over. I gotta walk out of this, get into my car, no, you and know there's two jokers left. Forget it. We're the two jokers, or is there four jokers? There's two. There's, you know what? Let's not fight about this because I want to fight about something else. You showed up here today, and I thought I was doing good making you coffee for the last I don't know six weeks or however many times you've drank my coffee. You walked in here all strutting that little Tim Hortons cup today, and I've I've got a whole pot. I'm drinking caffeinated coffee because I have to drink what you will not drink. Oh, talk to your therapist about that. I will, and I have. And uh, for me, I'm not going to hide it. The truth of the matter is uh, I was out doing some running around, and I needed that caffeine. So you thought I couldn't I, wait. No, when you came in here today, you and said... And then I also, yeah, I didn't want the listeners to know that, you know, you were using it as a way to... Keep me to do keep me involved in the podcast through mind control drugging with some weird Brazilian herb, um, or mushroom, <laughs> turkey tail mushroom, turkey tail mushroom uh, that you would put in the coffee <laughs> as a way to subliminally say, you know, you want to be involved in this. You want to be. In- it causes hair loss, and I just wanted us to look the same. Yeah, so that's that's the truth, and. I think you just need to know that you don't need to drug me to keep me as part of this podcast. You're doing well. so Well, you keep ending the podcast like you did, and uh, you can stick around, because I think uh, it's going to help people. Well, you know, um, I just looked outside, and Ariana Whitlow is showing up. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a pause here, and we are going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, discussing preparation for um, different shows. And Ariana's had some big shows. You were part of one of her shows. Yep. I went there. It was fantastic. I loved the whole thing. It was great. And she was just in Kelowna. I think she's in BC working with some symphonies there and some rock bands and things like that. So we have the privilege of having her on today to talk about how do you uh, prepare for a show. We'll have some good dialogue about that. So we're going to take a little break and we might even play some music on our break. And then we'll be right back with Ariana Whitlow. Last dance. My last chance. For love. Yeah, I'm not one of those singers who doesn't like clapping. I actually really like it. Yes, it's my last chance for romance tonight. Oh, I need you by me, beside me, to guide me on. Scold me, cause when I'm bad, so, so bad. 
So good to have you here. Um, you know, my dog really gave you a workout this morning. That's we cut that out too, right? We just, we didn't, you didn't hear my dog barking, but she loves you. How are you? I love her too. I'm really good. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. Chris is playing behind us here. He's all coffeeed up. So why don't we just enjoy that for a little bit? It's part of my diva rider that I get to play in anytime I show up anywhere. You could probably just improvise a little solo over this right now. Oh, yeah. Better than me. I don't want to ruin it. Chris is so nice to listen to. Wow. Lovely. Thanks, I thought we were going to get more, but we don't pay him enough <laughs> to get more. Oh, I thought it was just a, a short little... Uh, yeah, it was great. Chris, look who's here. Look who came. Ariana's here. Woo-hoo. So for those of you who don't know this uh, young lady, uh, Ariana Whitlow has been a staple on the music scene in uh, Canada for uh, many, many years. And uh, you've, done, you've done cruise ships, you've done it all. You studied overseas. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you to get into that in a little <laughs> bit. But uh, we're pretty excited to have you here. I'm excited to have you here because uh, I think you're going to tell us a lot about preparing for shows. And, you know, Chris works in a uh, university, so he's going to be able to share some of this with Students, I think it's going to be invaluable. If it's not invaluable, we just can't have you back. So make sure it's invaluable. That's <laughs> well, the episode won't air. Just won't air. Right? You'll never hear this. Yeah, no. mm-hmm. wouldn't let it out. So you, you're hearing nothing right now. If it wasn't valuable, but it's going to be great because I I know you and uh, Chris. Yeah, you did a great job on that on that show as well. Um, but Chris and I came here today. We were talking a little bit about gratitude uh, mm-hmm. earlier on in uh, the program. What that was like and how that sort of helps us. I think in our mental health. Uh, journeys as well. We'll get there, but I really want to talk about um, your vision for the show, all that kind of stuff, what you liked about it, all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be a good, uh, Chris, it'll be good, won't it? It'll be amazing. Yeah. I mean, how could it not be? So we had Charlie Austin on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago. Amazing. This guy drives around. See this guy? This guy drives around. That's my brother. Yeah. And he goes like, that's a school zone. And it goes there at 60 miles an hour. I'll talk to him. Yeah. He doesn't really listen to me. He's younger. He's younger, yeah. He's, he's, got no he's less than 52. We talked about <laughs> We talked about our age. We did. We talked about our age earlier. I don't know. Chris and I are going through a crisis today. Maybe it wasn't a good time for a podcast. I just totally opened up about my mental health crash on Saturday. And you just... Kind of talked me through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, those through. sneak up on you. They do. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So tell us a little bit about you. You are you live here in Edmonton. You yeah. have kids. You are an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You've studied overseas. You studied at McCune University. You've done... A ton of stuff. So give us a little, like a like quick a, little a synopsis. Short, short, short rundown. I um I actually started as a oh I'm too far away. I actually started as a as a dancer. Um, and I I was yeah I was a dancer and really shy about singing until I sort of turned 17, 18 and got into musicals in high school. And um, I still remember my first audition. I I in high school I chickened out. I really wanted the part of Tinkerbell and Peter Pan, and um, I went and, and auditioned. And I, I got scared, and instead of singing the song I had prepared by Christina Aguilera, I sang Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Oh, really? Needless to say, I did not get the part that I wanted. I ended up playing an ostrich with, like, fluorescent <laughs> feathers and a big, tall head. It was the most one of the most embarrassing moments. Imagine being in high school. Like, you remember that time, right? Anyway, um, 
I grew up with a lot of personality anyway, <laughs> coming out of that experience. And um, I just really realized at that point in high school that I, I, I knew that my future was not going to be in dancing, which is unfortunate because I really love dancing. I actually think I like dancing more than singing. I was just not as good at it. Well, you did great at the show. Like all those, you were, you danced the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I, I move around a lot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm like as skilled at it though. Like I do okay. love dancing. I do love moving around. I love the movement, but the, but the singing is, have you seen, is, there's a reverse female. story on that with Ella Fitzgerald actually. <laughs> there, there is a reverse. That's a great story. Did you learn that at my show? You did. That's a, how that segue. Yeah. Like check that out. I like yeah, that. there was. Um, Ella Fitzgerald. Show she went to or yeah. yeah. So in preparing for this show, I watched tons of videos on YouTube just about some of the some interviews from some of the greatest female singers of all time. And Ella Fitzgerald shared this amazing story that she applied for this talent competition as a dancer. Yeah. When she got there, she freaked out and the guy was like, well, you've paid to be here. Like you're here, do something. So she sang and she won the entire contest. That's so cool. And, you know, became Ella Fitzgerald. So. Uh, what would it be like to have that talent and know that and not do it, but then you have to do it and then you win. It's like, oh, I guess that's what I do. Yeah. Life kind of takes you on that journey. Sometimes you have yeah. to be open to uh, an unexpected path sometimes. So the ostrich thing didn't take off for you, but no. everything else seems, everything else you touch seems to, which could come back later in life. Could you never not? know. Yeah. It's funny how those things sometimes come no, full yeah. circle. You know what? Do not you bury get your head in the sand about that. It, yeah. might, it might come back. You might get a lead role and stick your neck out. Make a ton of money. Yeah. The Lion King, do they have ostrich? No, that's not an no, African animal, they? is it? Is it? Where do ostriches live? I don't even know. Australia? Are they somewhere else too? <laughs> ostrich? Ostriches. I don't know, Chris. You're gonna have to. Work. You're gonna. Have to I'll. Work. I'll get on that. Not. See what happens to us. You thought you're gonna talk about you. No. We oh. wanted you to come here so you could hear me and Chris talk about the things that we like. No, your project <laughs> sounds like really interesting. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. episode have you liked the best? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say all. All uh, are so educational. All offer a little tidbit of advice. Okay. We want to hear mm -hmm. a little tidbit of uh, your show. This is from March 16th in uh, Sherwood Park, Alberta. There's a lovely little venue out there called Festival Place. What does it seat out there? Five, six hundred people, um, four hundred I had, uh, it depends, they have cabaret seating sometimes. So I had tables in the front. So it's about 440. Okay. When you have the tables and without the tables, I think it's 490. Yeah, I counted 441. So it was off a little bit, but yep. um, not a big deal. Uh, so let's hear a little clip. Uh, sure. We've got Supremes. Yeah. All right. This is, um, again, Ariana and her band, a great band. Chris, part of that band. The best. And let's have a listen. Oh, Ariana, that sounds like, like that band, you, the whole thing. I couldn't, my wife was like, if I had known like it was going to be like this, we would just invited everybody. Now, yeah. next time you have a show, we're inviting everybody. And we will shame people if they don't. Like the way you coffee shame me, Chris, we will shame people that don't come to your concert. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I think that's um, maybe a, a lesson learned that the, the purpose of this first show was, it was great that we sold as many tickets as we did because yeah. the place was packed, which was um, awesome. But um, I think social proof is so important. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have footage of the show. I don't have, I didn't have a lot of live performance video or audio anywhere before this. So I invested a lot of money in having it filmed and we multi-track recorded the whole show because yeah. 
if people don't know what they're coming to see. Oh, for sure. Like it's, it's hard to get people out if they don't, if they don't know what to expect. Um, and the sound, I guess say the sound was great. I found the sound great where thanks. I was. Um, and even, even the iPhone recordings, sorry, Chris, the Samsung recordings are good. I mean, they're, they're good in a sense of, you know, we talked about that earlier. Do you re, do you put stuff out that isn't, you know, all multi-tracked and, and tweaked up a little bit? I think it sounds great on Instagram. Like people still get it. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds really great. So yeah. Yeah. The clips you put out there. So, Thanks. um, you really love your audience. I could tell like yeah. the, from the moment you came out, you had a real love for your audience. We're going to get to this content cause I want to, to get to this content about, you know, how do you plan for a show? How do you do this? Yeah. But what was that for you? Why do you, why do you love what it's not, it doesn't look fake that you're just so engaged. Like, so you could have been there all night. I mean, you've got to get home and do other <laughs> stuff. It just yeah. seems like you could have been there all night. So what is that about? What's that connection? What do you, um, I think I've always liked making people laugh. It's right. One of my hence ostrich favorite things ostrich. to do. I just, yeah. I like being funny. I like being lighthearted. Um, I think earlier, like it, I mean, in my twenties, I, I took myself very seriously and everything was always had, had to be perfect. And it took, I mean, it's only in the last few years that I've really shed a lot of that self-consciousness and, and just started being myself and realizing yeah. that live performance is about spontaneity. It's about, totally. um, enjoying the moment together. And so perfection is not always the most important thing. People are not there to see something perfect. They're see to, there to see something real perfection or, or yeah, connection over perfection. Yeah. And I threw you under the bus a little bit cause we had a couple of little shows with yeah. uh, my comedy partner, <laughs> Gord Graber, who is pretty zany and will do all kinds of things. And yeah. you did amazingly just kind of winging it and having fun uh, with us. The crowd loved it by the way, that one the, the last show that we yeah. did. But um, yeah, so I see that coming out and you, that, that humor, that spontaneity part. Yeah. That doesn't take away from preparation though, because as no. spontaneous as you are, there's a heck of a lot of preparation. So maybe that's a good segue into what did you do? How do you prepare for a show like that? We can talk about maybe how we prepare for our shows. They wouldn't be the same, like a solo gig would maybe be work on some tunes. Maybe you'd, you know, wash your clothes or do you know? Would we, would I you don't work? wash I wouldn't my clothes. Know. I wouldn't I wash It's bad luck. They say, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you had to prepare a lot and you had a great, uh, Devin Hart was your artistic director, your musical director. Yeah. So he had a lot of work to do as well, but go like, go back how far you have an idea about the show. You start putting together and we get to see it on the 16th. What's, what's that whole thing? Um, I mean the, the, the idea of the show it's, it, I mean, review shows are not, revolutionary do them all the time but I've been a cover singer my my entire life that's where I find my joy is in singing songs that people recognize and we can sing along to and um I started working on cruise ships in yeah 2007 and I saw these headliners coming on and doing the same thing these awesome review shows and so I the wheel started turning in my head that like eventually I'm not going to be a part of the production cast I want to do other things and headline entertainment seemed like something I would really enjoy. So it's been like 15 years of percolating in my head, this like show coming together. And I sat down with, with Devin who I've known for almost 20 years. And we just started brainstorming. Like what are some of the great songs that I love to sing? And yeah. he's always been very honest with me because we've known each other for a really long time. And he would tell me what was a good idea, what he didn't think was a good idea. And we just kind of collaborated and came up with arrangements. And then he arranged and I started rehearsing and booked the venue found just asked the best people I could think of to yeah. participate and they all said yes <laughs> which was nice thanks Chris are you kidding <laughs> um, that was a wonderful experience 
Well, thanks. Um, for me, it's all about just having fun. Well, and everyone seems so, so confident about their role on the stage. And sometimes you see bands that aren't and they just like your hubby played great does it thing, you know, and he just knew like everyone knew what they were supposed to be doing. That speaks yeah. a lot to Devin and yeah. his now. I don't know how much does he arrange all your organ parts or is it are you kind of riffing on some stuff? I mean, there's um, there was some stuff that was written out, but there was also, you know, he would say, I want string pads here. And OK, yeah, which I kind of dug. But he's not lifting all the string pads no. off the originals and, and doing no. that anyway, which he could do. But he gives you some freedom, which but is it, nice. A player yeah, like it just gives it a different tilt. But yeah, it definitely made it uh, having a strong musical director and organizational skills from your side makes it super easy to come in, in a situation. Because it's not a small... If you're dealing with a trio, quartet, quintet, it's a lot easier. But dealing with three horns, three... Three singers. It was a ten-piece band, and yeah, yeah. So it was, so it's, it was a lot it's, of people. It's a big band, and yeah. and to organize that rehearsal-wise, and then get everyone on the same in the same zone for a one-night hit, yeah, is is a lot. And yeah. so it's a testament to the the musical direction of Devin and absolutely, you know, their organizational and your vision, hundred percent. And Devin yeah. was when I watched him. Uh, he's obviously got a talk back mic. Is he talking to you? Yeah. And he's talking to you in the in the headset. Very My wife faintly. is saying, "Is he going to sing?" I said, "I think it's a talk back mic." So he's he's able to give those cues, which is nice mm -hmm. uh, in live in in the moment. The only thing I'm going to do, like next time, you got to rent my white grand piano shell because yeah. he needs to be at that white grand piano shell, and you will stay. No, you can you can have the black piano shell. No, oh, I yeah. don't deserve no, a shell. When I earn the shell, you earn, okay. The Devin, shell Devin will earn the shell. The shell will be. What's the word I'm looking for? Presented to me. That's right. When the teacher's but ready, I, the student just, appears. I'm not ready. I haven't earned it yet. So anyway, we had a great, we had such a great time. We went up for Chinese food okay. before and it was awesome. The whole night was was wonderful and the energy was so good. We didn't want that show to end. And you had video. So it kind of explained the mm -hmm. show a bit. This was a review, but all these divas from all the way back to Ella, like you did yeah. Billy Holiday as well or did you? We, um... I had little videos in between. It's funny when you're producing your own show, you have to learn to do sometimes do things that are not always performing. You do a lot of stuff behind the scenes. So right. I edited all these videos together. I had to find audio clips um, of, yeah, from interviews of, I used Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, Sarah Vaughn. Um, we started with Etta James. Um, and then, yeah, went all the way through to like Adele and yeah. Lady Gaga, a little bit more modern. <laughs> but yeah, we covered a lot of time, a lot of great songs. So here's a tip. And you know, Chris, if you play this part of the podcast for uh, performers out there, especially if you're the lead like you were, when you gave that uh, heart song, there was a part in your show mm -hmm. where I think you sang Alone. Mm -hmm. And you gave that tune to, who's your backup singer? Erica. Erica, mm -hmm. who destroyed it, killed the song in a good way. Yeah. That's, a, that's a cool way to say she did great for you hit people out there. And I looked at my wife and said, that's a pro who will give up the main mic to a backup singer. And you not only did that, but then you sang backup for her. Oh, yeah. That is like beyond classy. And if you're just starting out in music and you can include other people in your band that way, learn from Ariana, do that early because it's going to just endear you um, to your audience and others. So that's, yeah, that's, that's very that's cool. Huge. Like the show was your show, but you didn't make it feel like you just, it was so relaxing. You're in the end, you came out with your back basket, um, basket of laundry 
And it was so funny. And we just, Darlene's like, I know it's going to happen. Yeah, last song, we get it. But it was such a great thing. But anyway, so kudos oh, to you funny. for for doing that. And I'd seen that actually, um, there's a show on CBC right now called Push. It's about all these, um, they're called the wheelie peeps. They're all these folks that are, are in wheelchairs for various reasons. They've had a, a disability, a challenge in life. And our friend Ricardo, who's been on this show, who's a great pianist, is on that show. You can see it on, on CBC. But we went to see their, their um, what do you call it, their opening, their release. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Thing and premiere. the premiere. Thank you for the right word, Chris. That's my coffee working in it's you. Kicking in. <laughs> so they're all on the stage, and one of the one of the wheelie peeps folks is a professional speaker. Her name's Vian, and she speaks all around the world. Wow. And of all the people on the stage, she spoke less. She said one thing all night, and I went up up to her after. I said, "You know what? That's a pro." I said, "Because you've got the speaking skills, and you didn't steal the mic." And she said, "Oh, thank you." I said, "Yeah, that's the way that pros operate." And for you to do that mm. was very cool. So. Oh. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have Erica on stage and not sing heart. I mean, it's Ann Wilson's just her perfect. Right. But you could have diva it over the top and said, no, I'm doing, this is my show. And you didn't. So no. kudos to you in the audience. And that Thanks. that yeah, happens a lot. And yeah. it just, yeah. it, it really brings the audience as well as the band too. It just starts feeling like there's a reason we're all there. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it just makes it a family mm -hmm. environment and it just it doesn't happen a lot the only time that i know that that happened and I, i'm not getting i can't believe i'm about to admit this on mic <laughs> is chris always gets closer and sexier voice when he's about I to noticed, admit, open yeah. up I, go uh, I got roped into going to a yanni concert <laughs> that is not what i expected you to say <laughs> how very greek of you mm -hmm. and that's what he does like it like I was blown away. Like he's like, he had world class. He's always had, I knew you always had world-class musicians, but he featured everyone in the band. He's like, I'm going to feature conga player from Cuba. Now I'm going to do this. Uh, he featured everyone in the band and he made a point. He's of bringing it, the audience, making them aware of these world-class players. And I was, I didn't really, you know, it's not my, it's not my vibe, but mm -hmm. I was absolutely blown away about how respectful he was of the musicians and how it actually drew the audience in as well. Um, so I think it's amazing. Well, I think when you're, when you're out there, it might be your show and people may have come to see you play, but you're all a team, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I think I saw in your questions, what would you have done differently? I think what I would have done to prepare myself a little bit better is found those moments to feature everyone a little bit more and to involve them in the performance. If I could have had like my guitar player, my bass player and all the horns, if I could have had them wireless, I would have had them like come down those sure. stairs and yeah. like come to the front. So cool. I, yeah. I would have done more staging and stuff like that just to get everyone a little more involved. Cause I was in my, in my head a little bit, that being like the first show and yeah. And you, but you, you had the audience singing. We, we were all, you awesome. got us and we had the phone. How was that when the phones all came out and lit it up? Oh, perfect. Was my, did my iPhone look the best? It did. Yeah. Yeah. Actually yeah, I, I was, I was in a show this weekend, um, where they did the same thing. We sang Bohemian Rhapsody and everyone had their phone flashlights out. And one guy, I saw him struggling. He couldn't figure out how to <laughs> oh, no. turn his flashlight on. So he just turned his screen this way. And I was just looking at awesome. photos of his kids <laughs> <That's> <laughs> waving awesome. back and forth. It was pretty funny. 
So, and that's, that leads, well, we could segue into that too. Um, you were in BC, you were doing some shows with yeah. Gary Cable and a, the, a symphony in Kelowna and Penticton. If you're not from Alberta or Canada listening to the show, uh, thousands of our listeners listen overseas, I think, Chris. And, and uh, Kelowna is a lovely place here in Canada. Yeah. We don't have thousands, uh, Ariana. We you have, do. We or do. you will. We will. Yeah. But it's a great spot. And so you got, you're down there and you're doing something in Vancouver or are you doing something in the Vancouver Symphony too? Yeah, I got... Um Involved in this project uh, just shortly before COVID, we did our first symphony gig with the Okanagan Symphony in Kelowna with Gary Cable. And he brings in these like, I mean, three of the five of us, I say us, it's not me, but the three of them are like in the Canadian Rock Hall of Fame. Like these are, I mean, amazing musicians and um it's funny as Gary goes down the line and and uh, and introduces everyone during the show. It just sort of like goes down to and Ariana is a singer dancer. <laughs> so these guys are like top notch level musicians. And yeah, we played a gig this this weekend. We do the tour Kelowna, Penticton, Vernon, and um, we perform orchestral rock. Very cool. Yeah, it's not something you get the opportunity to, to do every day. But this is like a forty piece orchestra, and we're oh, no playing Bohemian Rhapsody. We did. I mean, these are songs that are a little before my time, but. But you know what's They're cool? Great. Like it, it just keeps ramping up. You had your show on the 16th, then you had the Penticton show with the orchestra, and now you get to be with me and Chris. Like it just, boom, 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 just yeah. keeps notching Elevating up. every Notch. day. Yes. So it'd be cool if you got to work with Yanni though. Hey, Chris, wouldn't that be, what would you call that concert? Yeah. I think you've uh, written it down. What do you? <laughs> Ariane. Ariane. That's a combo. That'd be a good combo that, show. Actually, that could be your... I've been looking for a stage name, so... Ariane. Maybe that's it. Imagine walking out with Yanni. Would that be cool? Mm-hmm. He's he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, we'll get to that. My it. name oh, is man, Greek. He was che- super cheesy, but the, everyone well, people loved love it. And actually, he did... Sorry, um, this is my ADD. Um, he did a duo piece, I believe with a violinist, like a traditional Greek tune. Him on the piano, and he played the crap out of it it was awesome but the, the whole night he's got his you know 16 keyboards and he's got it oh yeah here and he's got the cheesiest smile you could imagine still the long he's, hair the hair is like flowing and it's just like oh but he's loving it man like i they i know how like to they know how to entertain andre yeah. rio was like that too andre rio brings his his or my mom always loved him and he's still doing his thing he does all this funny stuff with these Strauss waltzes and things like that. So yeah, when, when entertainers can figure out how to do that and you got that, yeah, yeah you, oh, you, thanks. you have that nailed. And you know, you've watched some vocalists, you probably work with some vocalists, not here in Edmonton, but maybe other places where they just, they're not getting, they're great. They're killer vocalists and there's no connection. And it's like, Oh, that's, you know, it's huge mm-hmm. to yeah. find that like where you've got both of that. Well, I got some interesting feedback. I, uh, I auditioned for Canadian Idol. I mean, as I was like in my late teens and early twenties is when that like reality television show audition thing started. And, um, I got to the celebrity judge panel one year in here in Edmonton and I went and I sang my songs and I was studying Grant McEwen at the time. So I like sang some jazz. I was like, this will be cool. Like sometimes these like jazz songs break out and they looked at me and they, they said just some really awful things Mm. to get that reaction out of you. And, just one thing really stuck with me that they said is that I had no personality. And I think I, I took that feedback and I was really crushed about it for a little while. Cause imagine like going in somewhere and someone telling you basically that you are dull. 
we get well, that actually quite a bit. I bet you've never so had that. Constantly. Yeah, like, no I mean, way. What's today? Yeah. No yeah. chance. Um, but I sometimes. That's actually that's, when I was born, when the birthing of Chris happened. Yeah. It's the first time, the first thing the nurse said. Man, this guy's dull. This, this, yeah, this, is, this is dull. Yeah. It's a dull, dull baby. Yeah, dull baby. <laughs> I've seen some babies. I've seen some dull babies, but this baby is the dullest. Yeah. It scarred me. I'm oh, goodness. Yeah, and I'm, that was young, when you were so young as well. I mean, I didn't like, get that till I was 19. But not to even, grow not up even with it? Wait a second. Probably within the first five seconds before the cord was cut. So, I, yeah, it's huge. Well, sometimes my wife will come home. She goes, hey, doll. I'm like, you said doll? She goes, no, doll. I said doll. I said, no, you said doll. She goes, no, it's, so yeah, it's, it's deep. Yeah. Well, I, I know the feeling. So, so how do you, uh, that, you get that comment mm -hmm. and initially there's a, 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 a trigger. I mean, there's a trigger, there's a, it pings you, right? Yeah. It's, and yeah. then there's yeah. a whole processing then for the rest of your life or how do you, or the rest yeah. until you figure it's, it out. I mean, words really mean a lot and that particular moment really stuck with me. Um, and it was, I think in that moment, I realized how contrived television is that yeah. people will just say That's things, even if it's not true. Although I, I do believe that there was some truth in that feedback. And so I took it and developed a personality. Um, but, um, I think that was the moment where I just decided not to let other people's opinions right. slow me down. It took a while for me to get over it. But once I like really processed that moment, um, it just, I never auditioned for a television show after that. And you charted um, your course. And I, yeah, I just decided not to wait around yeah. for other Love people it. to make things happen. Love yeah. it. Awesome. If you're listening here, I say this a lot to students because we hope students will listen to this, but yeah, don't wait around for other people to give you that approval. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, that's only in the last couple of years that that's really yeah. come to come to light. I saw a podcast where someone said, no one's coming to save you. And I wow. think I had, um, I had been burned by, some situations and I just, uh, I had sat in that regret and that emotion for a really long time. And then I, mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what it was about that statement, but I just decided that it was, that's, that was what motivated me to just stop sitting on my laurels and, and press on and just do what I wanted to do. Cause it's, it's not fun sitting in that, yeah. you know, yeah, kind of depression. I think we all kind of felt that over COVID. So yeah. Well, yeah. and it shows on your Instagram too, you sort of unashamedly, and I think Instagram, unless you're a sociopath, uh, Instagram's tough. You put it out there and go, I hope people still like me, but you still put yeah. it out there like, Hey, this is great. It's going to be fun. And that's risky. And that really shows, that really shows you. And you're like, you know what? No, I'm moving, I'm moving ahead with this. Um, and there's, there's really something beautiful about when we do that, right? When we, and I don't know, I'm 54 and trying to figure that out right now every day. Right. So yeah. Um, it, I mean, social media is a, a love hate oh, yeah. relationship. I, I get instant regret every time I post something and I have to like not look at my phone for a couple of hours. Cause I usually feel like deleting anything that I put out almost immediately. And, um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately it's a free way of advertising yourself now, Yeah, right. which is great. But, um, I mean, unfortunately, it feels like you're really tied to it mm -hmm. all the time. And sometimes you feel like you need to create things that look more spectacular. You know, you, you're, you're curating 
what your life looks like. And um, I like to try and keep it lighthearted because, I mean, I've got three kids. My life is a disaster every single day. (laughs) So you said you're used to getting yelled at this morning because my dog was uh, talking at you and you. Yeah, my son this morning wanted three waffles and they weren't arranged in a line. I put them in a circle on the plate. Uh, I mean, it was all sorts of messed up this morning. So he's three. We're we're dealing with it. That's how old are your kids? Uh, uh, My oldest is eight and six and three. Eight, six, and three. Mm -hmm. Kudos to you. So not only, I mean, you're a mom, busy mom. Mm -hmm. Your husband works. He's a firefighter Mm -hmm. and he's a professional musician and a dancer. Yeah. So (laughs) he can do it all. But that's a busy life. Our kids are all, Chris and I, our kids are grown and they're just gone. So we're, we don't know. We have no excuses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We kind of feel like doing anything. We actually feel pretty empty right now. Yeah. To be honest. (laughs) Purpose gone. But yeah. So enjoy those times and find that balance and cool that you are finding that balance. And I like sometimes you'll text, we're going to rehearse something or whatever. Hey, I'm going to be late because my kids, that's always my rule. It's like family first. Like that's like family always first. I appreciate that. It's got to be the way it is because, you know, that's at the end of the day, those are our biggest fans. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, I want to ask you a question about working with um, uh, a soft seat theater, like the type of venue you did in... in, um, festival place out there. How is it working with, like, is it, is it unionized? Is that, an, is there contracts you have to do? What, yep. if someone's planning an event and they're thinking of using that type of venue, what kind of things might they have to face? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that was probably the scariest part is that I had never had to do that before. And I'm very easily intimidated. I don't know if like when you're trying out new things, like oh, I really, I really avoid it. Absolutely. It's probably one of the yeah. reasons why I waited so long to do something like this is because I, I didn't understand and I'm not sure that I still fully understand, but it's, you know, life is about learning. Um, so I just, I just sent like a really naive message, like, Hey, I'd like to book your theater. What dates have you got? And Brandy at Festival Place was really, um, open and patient with me. And we found a date that worked and then, yeah, there's contracts and you set up ticketing forms and, um, I'm sure festival places unionized, but my schedule or my timeline for the show didn't infringe on any time limits or restrictions. Yeah, Yeah. they, they're pretty well laid out there. So we got into the theater at two and we had to be out by 10. Okay. So everything, everything worked out really well. The techs got the breaks they needed and yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, when we walked in, uh, of course we saw it from the other side, I guess that you had a, uh, an issue with an in- something they said, Oh, there's an issue with an instrument. We have to, st- they're going to be starting late. Yeah. It was fine. They just came out and told the audience. And that's the thing uh, too. If you're a performer, if there's ever a glitch in the show, always comfortably tell the audience what's going on. Once you do that, the audience isn't freaked out. Say, Hey folks, we've got a little uh, issue with a, you know, whatever, a drape back there. We're going to be about five minutes. So thanks so much. Just chat. And they, it relaxes. We all felt relaxed when they came out and told us that. Oh, oh good. It's like, Oh, what's going on? Is there an issue? So that's, and that's cool. They seem very professional, but so yeah. that process, I mean, bigger theaters, you're going to have a manager or someone that does that for you. You probably won't have to see that, but you had to do that yourself. You had to be manager, promoter, singer, yeah. ranger, all that, all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, as a as an independent concert producer, that yeah. yeah, you really do have to do it all. And can I ask, does it? Did you were you able to to break even on that show? Were you able to? You know, obviously you pay everyone well, and and yeah, uh, that I try. Yeah, I try to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but um, I, in this instance, I will be honest with you. I had to put a lot of faith in myself that I would sell 
the place out because it was expensive to do it the first time around to have the thing videoed and audio recorded and all of that stuff costs a lot of money. And I never, I don't like nickel and, and diming people. I liked yeah. pay them what they're worth. Yeah. Um, and so, but that, you know, that you just, that's a business lesson right there. Yeah. Some people I'll, I'll play with people go downtown and it's not cheap parking downtown, but they come up to set up to play and they're grumpy. This, I just paid 20 bucks to park downtown. I hate this. I'm like, why are you complaining? It's a business expense. You just got a gig that's going to pay you $500 Pay your 20 bucks and play the show. It's mm-hmm. business. It's part of what it is. It's going to cost to rent a theater out. It's going to cost to play, to pay your musicians and buy them all, you know, whatever you have to do. It's part of the, it's part of the thing. So you've learned that, yeah. that business part. And so, yeah, don't cheap out on the front end. Sometimes it's going to cost you. You might have to be paying out, you know, your visa off for a few months, but there's, there's part of getting the right gear, getting the right clothes, getting, you know, getting fresh looking clothing when you go to a, a show, all that stuff. Yeah. It's so well, important. So yeah, there is outlay for sure. I mean, I, I, I had a lot of costumes in the show, so that was, that yes, turned did. out, yeah, <laughs> that turned did. out like a bit expensive. Um, but in your first time out, like, you know, that those are going to be yeah. expenses and I've never, I've never really invested in my own career. Not yet. Not like that. I don't, I'm a vocalist, so I don't need to buy 12 guitars and, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> my instrument kind of just goes with me wherever I go and I've never needed super fancy gear. So, um, you had fans, you had the fans on the floor. That I did. Cool. Yeah. Th- those <laughs> were the supplied by the venue. I'd have had bigger ones next time, only bigger ones. Um, well, I yeah. want to say yeah. one more thing too about, about your, the way you handled the, the show as well, uh, why it made the audience feel so comfortable. There's a couple of times like any show video didn't come on or something. Yeah. And there was another time I think that you, um, there was an issue with us coming in or something like that. It wasn't a big deal. We didn't really notice, but you just made a comment to Devin. Oh, I guess we're doing it that way. And it was cool. It wasn't like, and you didn't say, sometimes people, I've been in situations where the vocalist turns and looks at you and says, well, that's not how we rehearsed it. Oh, no, it's no, like, no. oh, no, don't do that. Don't say that. The way you handled it was like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, oh, sorry, it doesn't come in there. And then you came in. I don't even know what it was. It was didn't very s- organic. It was very organic. I, uh, you know? it, it was the introduction to um, Edge of Glory. It was the last song of the show. And I don't know what it was about it, but I just, I either didn't have Joe loud enough in my monitor and I could, just couldn't hear the key. Like I had no idea where we were. And, um, I, yeah, I did. I turned to Joe. I was like, well, everyone makes mistakes. Like what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. And you didn't, where you didn't throw anyone under the bus and like you no. took that. That's cool. So I learned, I watched a lot of what I think good entertainers need to do in the moment. Um, doing yeah. all that, you just, Yeah. It was great. I think I mentioned that on Instagram too. I said a little thing about, yeah, like folks, like if you're a singer, watch this show and watch what you did and, and all of that. And yeah, it was, it was great. A couple more things I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd mentioned social media, but what, is there any tips you'd give to artists that are planning a show? Like you've got the pre social media show. You probably got the live at the show. Your friends are, you might be, you might do it from the show. And then you got the post. Is there Mm -hmm. any tips? Cause you also have a company that, um, A-list media that helps. Yeah, I did study social media and I, I ran an independent, a freelance social media company for a little while. Um, document everything, save everything in a, I save all of my footage in a Dropbox folder cause you can reuse and repurpose content all the time. Okay. I got really good at using programs like Canva to design yeah, okay. graphics and, um, it's just very fast and easy. I came up with most of my branding and the the look of the content beforehand as we were designing the poster and everything looked the same yeah um so that con- that consist the consistency is the yeah. same 
Yeah. yeah. I remember when, when uh, Microsoft Word started, it was like the, whatever the computer was like the 360 or whatever, really a long time ago, even before McEwen. Um, and my McEwen poster in 92, I had to, I had got someone print some fonts out and I just kind of t glued it. It was brutal. But I remember seeing someone's poster for some concert in Edmonton and they just realized they had Word and they used about six different fonts. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. That was, they just thought it was so cool, right? To yeah. put it all together and it didn't work. You can, I guess, so yeah, that, that consistency. Now students look. are using AI, the AI programs yeah. for all their posters. It's ridiculous. Awesome. AI makes posters? Yeah, I yeah. forget what the program oh. is, but wow. you basically, you can input all these parameters, like, you know, something to do with an ostrich, cool looking ostrich playing jazz. And all of a sudden it'll put this thing together and it looks... Like if we did a poster, it'd be yeah. like the Dull Brothers yeah. live in Edmonton. But it, would look, it wouldn't look dull, but no. the content would be dull. We'd be dull, but the, yeah... So you, yeah. you, is it called a bait and switch? You'd lure them to come and say, well, these guys are dull. We told you on the poster we're dull. Yeah. Why are you want your money back? You know, but AI poster, will do that. Yeah, that's it's amazing. I thought it just did tech stuff, but it'll... No, it's it'll it's huge that. right now. Chris, and the posters look great. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. It's trippy. So the graphic design students at the school are probably freaking out because... Everyone's freaking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we talked about this. We should have you on again and just ask you about that AI. Can it take, I don't think AI can actually take over you. That's the thing. Like I think singers and maybe window cleaners are like the two <laughs> things that I probably, AI probably can't really, really touch. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Window cleaner is definitely not going anywhere. No, um, you, could, you could track a lot of stuff and you could walk, but you still need you. I think you don't Couldn't wanna... you use drones, like some kind of window cleaner drone. Maybe we have an idea here that we form yeah, a company. Edit that out of the podcast. Yeah. Let's start edit that, on that and let's work on that because, especially for the skyscrapers, Did you even right? Yeah. That window? Look at that thing. It's very clean. So you're trying to say you that jump you through it. I cleaned it yesterday. For you you guys. cleaned it, or well, I have a window cleaning company, so I I do it myself. You do actually? Yeah, but I, I don't do it much anymore. But we lost a contract in Jasper after 12 years, and my friend Roland uh, said I didn't have any. And we were out of work for that whole summer. So uh, he said, come window clean. And within a few months, I'm like, I got to start my own business. And it was one of the most fun things I ever did. But that is why that window is that clean. I do have a window cleaning company. Check out the mirror in the bathroom and look at my kitchen windows too. Oh, wow. Yesterday, it was not so good, but they look pretty good today. Because my dog gets her nose up there. Anyway, I'm making this about my dog. <laughs> Again, there I go. So Ariana, a couple yeah. more questions here before you have to go. I know you got it back to your, to your kiddos. Mm -hmm. But uh, the question was the mindset in preparation a few months out, the mindset of the day. Yeah. So now you're at the day of the show. And then I'm going to ask you one more question, but tell me about the day of the show. Like, what's that like? You wake up in the morning, checklist, checklist, checklist. Yeah. Um, I was, a I, <laughs> in the past, I've been a very last minute person and I, I did things really differently this time and I felt very prepared. So Good. the checklist was done. I had made a checklist for myself a week out to make sure I had everything under control. Um, I've gotten better about delegating. Um, I used to keep a really, you know, tight hold on, on everything. And this time I didn't, I delegated things to, I mean, my husband was in the show and, um, took a lot of the day of errands off my hands. And I had people bringing things and doing stuff so that I could just focus on being relaxed and being ready yeah. for the performance. So this time was really different. I think the preparation makes a huge difference. The lead up so that on the day 
you really enjoy the moment. Um, my husband compared it to our our wedding day. I was really stressed leading up to it. And then my mother-in-law just sat me down the night before and she said, this is not about anyone else but you. So like take this day and enjoy it. Like every right. single moment, take a second to just look around at what's happening. And like you mentioned gratitude at the beginning, just like really enjoy every second. And I felt like I did that that day, maybe besides the hour before <laughs> the hour before the curtain went up was so, a little stressful, but okay, the day so was take, great. Take us to that moment before the show, you feel the buzz, the audience is humming out there mm-hmm. and you get the five minutes, Ms. Whitlow, five mm-hmm. minutes till curtain or whatever they say. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's that like? Are you talking to your band? Are you talking to yourself? You prepared for, you've been thinking about this for years and now it's come down to this mm-hmm. 90 minutes you prepared for and you've got, you're on in five. Like what's, are you nervous? Are you, how do you calm? Like, what do you, what's that final prep like? It's like the swimmer just before they dive in, they do all this routine. Um, do you listen to like a Chris Andrews CD? Like, what do you do? <laughs> I looked him deep in the eyes. Yeah. Um, I did, I, I'm the whole band was on stage and we did like a little powwow. I meant to do it a little bit earlier, but we, we ran out of time. So it was about, I don't know, three minutes before the curtain went up. I just thanked everyone for being there. Um, and that just, yeah, looked at everybody, made sure we were all ready to go, thanked everyone for being there. And then I just kind of went through the the speaking parts of the show or the parts that freak me out the most. So I went through all the things I, I had to say and I even forgot some things. Um, I don't know. Um, but it's just, it's like taking a moment to just be... Yeah be quiet mm-hmm. and like just get everything in order and make sure your brain is, is on. Um, I try and just like kind of clear my mind for a minute or two before the curtain goes up and then you just kind of become this different person. The lights come on and, and like, that's, it's, it's, it's go time. Now this might be a little bit of a personal question, but your father passed away a number of years ago, Yeah, but amazing musician, mm-hmm. really fun personality here in Alberta. Did you hear his voice before you went on? Were you thinking about your, your yeah, dad? There, I mean, he was, he was um, inspirational in your life. Or... I mean, at the end of the podcast, Matt. <laughs> well, wow. I can, no, I can edit yeah. that out. I can no, no, no. It's good. Um, those moments are important. Yeah, my dad was a musician. He was. Um, he really was my my mentor. He was the person I I went to with all my um, with all my my music business questions. He yeah. he was my guide, and I have definitely missed his guidance and, and, and his advice. Um, and I, I mean, I think about him every day Yeah. and, and, and most often when I'm on stage, I think is, is the part where I, I think about him the most. Cause I know that he lived for that moment. And it, it was funny actually, when I, when I was getting, when I was getting married or when I had start, started dating and he, he would have his, um, opinions on the people I was dating and he'd say, one of the things he said that really stuck with me is like, you have to find someone who understands music because you will never love anything as much as you love music, as much as you think you love your kids or you think you love your yeah, partner. Wow. Wow. Um, music is always going to be something that flows through you and you're never going to get, you're, you're never going to find something that you love as much. Now I'm not sure that I a hundred percent agree with that statement, but I, I understood what he meant. Yeah. And so I do have a partner who understands music and probably loves sure. it more than he loves me. <laughs> so at least we have that in common. And um, I don't know. There's something about what he said to me that day, like really stuck with me that no um, yeah. 
yeah, he just he he was he was real. Dad was just real. Well, yeah, he was one of my first big gigs. Yeah, with uh, Shimka and yeah. doing the tour. Oh, with him. really? Yeah, really. Yeah, he was amazing. Well, and he um, he has a hospital with his. I sent you the picture because they've got yeah. the, the beautiful sign out front, uh, right beside the Glen Rose where I work, yeah. and it's a really big, uh, big thing. But my my advice I always gave to my kids, speaking of you know, advice about someone you're going to marry, is uh, always date a guy or marry a guy or a girl who, and this sound this can sound cheesy, but isn't is the person that runs into the building if there's a fire. Mm-hmm. Like be that, you know, don't. That's the kind of person I want my kids to. And you actually married a guy legitimately <laughs> that will run <laughs> into a building if there's a fire. So that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, not that he brings it up every day. He's like, "Do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know who I think I am?" Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, one question here, and I don't know how's how's your time? How's your We're okay. Chris, I gotta could. go. Chris has got to go shake the minds of young students, and you've got to go shake the minds of young kids. Yes, and uh, I have to go and do neither. So um, you're okay for another few minutes? Yeah. Uh, a couple, two more questions then. What would you do differently, differently next time? Um, I would have prepared myself vocally a little more. Um, I think coming out of COVID, I felt really out of shape. Okay. And this was the, my first kind of like big thing after the hiatus. I, I sing in a cover band. So I, like, I, I mean, I stay on, on top of it, but, um, I sang really challenging material. I, I, I really pushed yeah, myself yeah, this time yeah. and I, I would have probably taken a couple more lessons and just been, been a bit more prepared, but you get caught up in the rest of the production, putting everything else together. So I probably would have done that. I'd have uh, looked at some of the technical elements a little more closely and figured them out before the show. Um, uh, but otherwise, like I was, I mean, I was, I was pretty happy with it. I just wanted to do music that people loved and enjoyed listening to and could get involved in and it 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 turned out i mean i think really good it was, spectacular. <laughs> it was it was amazing and i got to go out and have chinese food earlier as well so i mean that was it was a, it was a win it was a win-win okay well yeah. you mentioned doing songs people love and that's the last thing i want to talk about mm-hmm. uh, there is this a disagreement i think or debate in the yeah. music industry and i've got a good friend of mine who says man you got to stop doing other people's tunes you got to write your own tunes and I think that's true, mm-hmm. but he, to the point, sometimes will not want to do other people's songs. My brother, I've got a brother who plays guitar on the coast, and if he's listening, he likes writing his own tunes. But he, you know, and so there's this idea that playing other people's tunes, you sort of you sell out, and I don't believe that. I love playing other people's music, just like I'd read someone else's book, I'd read someone else's poem, I'd look at someone else's painting, or someone else, an artist would paint a mountain that's been there a thousand times. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about that debate, and Chris, you probably write more of your own own music uh and Ari, you you perform probably at this point more of other people's music oh, yeah. and i probably do a little bit of both so we're gonna have a good fight here but what let's kind of maybe settle where where does that come from and what's the value in other in performing other people's music i know what it is for me but what is it for you um yeah i i mean i totally get the argument i spent years feeling really illegitimate because i didn't write my own stuff it's not a strength i am an entertainer yeah. I, I wouldn't call myself a song. I've never called myself a songwriter. I, it's, it's just, it's not where my strengths lie. I'm a singer and a dancer and, um, my strength on stage is bringing people together. And I do that by performing other people's music so that we can in, enjoy something that we're all familiar with and sing along together and, and we can make jokes and be lighthearted. And that's, 
that's what I enjoy doing. Um, if, but I mean, I totally get it. If I could write songs, I mean, I, I would, but it's just not, it's not me. It's, I don't know. Right. I'm sorry. Why are you looking at me and apologizing? <laughs> yeah, Chris, what's all this? Yeah. In, what's all this? Yeah, Chris. Music about Chris. The muse. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm, if I'm being honest about who I am, like that for me, someone coming at me saying you're not legit because you don't write your songs. Um, that's ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I think there are different s- skill sets, um, that we all have. And for me, I look at myself as more, I don't look at myself as an artist, even though I do write, I look at myself as more of a utility freelance musician and anyone that comes at me and says, look, that's not legit. I challenge them to, to step into that role because I take it very seriously and I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly pushing myself. And I love that challenge. Yeah. With, um, the writing of my own tunes, I approach it the same way. You know, it's, it's, I don't think there, there's an argument there if someone's ignorant on the other side and doesn't see, doesn't respect the path of, because it is, I mean, they can say, well, you're not an artist. You don't write your own music. You don't do this, but it's absolute ignorance. If they can't look at the discipline and the artistry in doing Hmm. that, is is uh yeah it's ignorance so i don't think there if there is an argument it's people that don't really understand the work and the dedication to it and the amount of skill that it takes to do that yeah and uh, that's well and if there's a diamond out there you know there was a saying about um frederick george handel who was often criticized for borrowing other people's melodic ideas and things like that. And then there was a quote about him that said, basically he took a one man's coal and turned it into diamonds. So he just took it to that, that next level. And I think there's something about being able to tell that, you know, you, uh, someone recites a poem beautifully in a, just a, an amazing, uh, Hallelujah is a great song for me where Leonard Cohen, I like the fact that he, I mean, it's, it's cool the way he sings it, mm-hmm. but Katie Lang, I'm sorry. Oh, that, that's, that's it. Sorry, that's Leonard. Like, and Leonard would oh, say and, too. Uh, uh, Jeff Buckley's version yeah, if you yeah. haven't checked that one out, have you heard Jeff yes. Buckley? Oh, Rufus Wainwright. It's, it's a oh, very yes. highly recorded song because, or if you look in Moon, search Moon River on Neil Diamond has a beautiful version of Moon River. Who knew that? And Rod Stewart does his version. Willie Nelson does a great oh, yeah. version of um, the Sunny Side of the Street with his little thing, with his little Willie voice. So there's something beautiful about taking, for me, about taking someone's material and saying, hey, here's how I feel it. And here's mm-hmm. how it meant to me, especially if it was song, like when you start singing Whitney, man, I'll, I get all choked up because Whitney, for me in high school, Whitney was singing like greatest love of all. Like for me as a little angsty, I'm an angsty 54 year old, but as an angsty 15 year old, <laughs> there was something about, <laughs> there was something about that. Learn to love yourself. It's greatest love of all. Wow. Thank you, Whitney. Like I cry when I hear her music. She's the only artist. I just, I'm a mess. My wife's There's like, tons of artists. Like I just did a tribute to uh, Linda Ronset. She oh, wrote yeah. one tune. Did she? She wrote I one didn't tune. Realize that. Really? And it was a Spanish tune she co-wrote with her dad. 
Because she's got the whole Spanish side of her where she's recorded. One tune. Every other tune that she has, they were written by other people. Isn't that interesting? I had and no idea. And she dealt with that, exactly dealt with that same thing where people were looking at her like, yeah. But there's tons of pop artists that, you know, that whole industry is littered with it. So for someone to sit there and judge you against, you know, well, you're not an artist because you don't write your own music, look no further than the whole industry. Right. Like the huge yeah. percentage of the artists out there are doing that. So do you yeah. think, have podcasts become, you know, like in the in the good old days, they used to mail their own lyrics to themselves to like post-date oh, yeah. songs, you know? So now is the podcast now that social proof? I guess proof? you could, Once it's really. You really could because it would be... a couple stamps. It would be time-stamped in the recording. Yeah. So yeah, it probably would. It is, yeah. It would be legit. I remember being at McHugh and them teaching us to do that. Yeah, mail it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all we all have yeah. envelopes. I still have Make envelopes sure. of of stuff I wrote for radio. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, uh, this has been really great just being able to talk to you both um, today. And uh, Ariana, what are you excited about? What's coming up? Oh gosh, um, I'm in Vancouver in a couple of weeks to do another show with Gary Cable. It's a a fundraising concert. Um, so we're really I'm excited to do that because I've never performed in Vancouver before. That's kind of, a, you know, pretty big city. Um, and then what have I got? I got a show with you on the 5th. Oh, that's right. Oh, you, I'm making you MC part of that show. Yeah, today. I got to buy a space suit. got to buy a space suit. I can't space. wait. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. We don't mess around. Yeah. Um, and then what's coming up? Um, yeah, we have Ariana. We're going to record her earlier because she's, it's a space theme for this. It's a Realtors Awards for, for, the, for the city of Edmonton. We've got, yeah. so she's the commander who's kind of the, of the whole thing. So she's up in this video scene and then eventually she has to come down when she comes or comes onto the spaceship, she gets teleported up there. Then you'll sing a couple of songs and help me, help me awesome. see it. Yeah. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah. But you'll be a lot of fun. I think they're, they're going to look forward to having you. Big shoulder yeah. pads. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll have to, we have to go shopping and, <laughs> we get, do. and get all that stuff figured out. Devin Hart is going to play some spacey kind of versions of fly me to the moon and stuff like that. And yeah, it should be, yeah, it should, should be good. Yeah. That'd be great. See how I made this about me? How easy is that? <laughs> Just turned it around. Yeah. It's what you do, man. I know, it's what man. what you do. Whether it's coffee or my window or my dog, this is just it's, where it's this is going. It's all about you. What would you say to a student who is 18 years old and mm -hmm. she is, he is in the music, uh, wants to get in the music biz right now. Um, not that there's quick steps to get there, but sometimes we can help find those stepping stones in the water so we don't have to fall in as much. What are some stepping stones you'd give to some students today? Oh man. Um, what would I say to myself? Um, okay. I would meet as many people as you can, uh, be kind, be gracious. Uh, remember that you can learn something from everybody everybody's got something to teach you. Sometimes they're hard lessons. Sometimes they're mm -hmm. things that you carry with you. And sometimes they're lessons to let things go. You know, like everyone will always teach you something. Um, and take the time to really figure out what you love, not what someone has told you to do, not what, not what you feel like you should figure out the things that make you unique and, and right. really drive you. And, and work on that. Cause I, I spent a long time just trying to 
maybe be somebody that I, that I wasn't. And until I've really figured that out and got comfortable with, you know, I'm a goofy entertainer. I'm, I'm a goofy person. I, I like having fun and I, I didn't really sink into that until, you know, the last few years and it feels good. And, but you back it up with hard work yeah. and skill yeah. yeah, and desire. Yeah. So yeah, and just, one thing earlier you said, you said your strength out loud about five minutes ago on the podcast, you said mm-hmm. that your strength was engaging audiences. You had a, yeah. a better phrasing than I did, but you came to realize that you said your strength out loud. And I think it's important to put those affirmations out there to God, to the universe, whatever you want to call it, energy. Mm-hmm. But there's something about saying that out loud and just, or writing it down. My strength is this. And when I, a friend of mine told me my strength years ago, and he said, your strength is knowing what audiences want to hear and how they want to hear it. It's not ripping a solo like Chris. It's not singing like you, but, and I can feel that when I'm at an event, I feel it in my gut. If a singer pulls a certain song, I'm like, oh, that's just, sometimes you just have this sense. It's not going to, so that's, that's it. I love that. Going at the, at the restaurant right now, we just going around the tables and finding out what the audience wants that I'm, I don't take breaks. I do that. That's what I do. I talk, I love to find out what, where are you from? What do you want to hear? I don't know that song, but maybe I could do this. So, and what's yours out loud, Chris? My strength. You got a lot, but what are what would some that come to mind? I think my strength now. is uh, the willingness and ability and the desire to fit into as many different scenarios as I can mm-hmm. and respect. Like if someone hires me, I give that as much respect as I can, yeah. as much as I would to my own material. Yeah, and the and hope it, that that comes back. I can attest to that from watching you and also what other people say about you as well. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. Well, HelloFresh has just showed up outside. So here's what's <laughs> going to happen, folks. In about <laughs> 15 seconds, the doorbell is going to ring and my dog is going to bark her head off. And I think that's probably a great that's, way. That's the way it ended. That's the way. The <laughs> go. He's going to the it's back coming. door. He's going to the back door. Oh, so man. she hasn't noticed. But she hears the gate. Anyway, this has been so good. Uh, if the dog barks, I don't care because that's part of life. And do you have a dog? No, no, I can't handle it. I've got three kids and a husband. That's enough for me to juggle at the okay. moment. Awesome. One day. I'm giving my dog the little the index finger, don't bark. <laughs> she's got her head up. Uh, she's a good dog. Yeah. And she really likes both of you. She goes nuts. When Look you, at her. Good cat. Oh, she's ready to go inside. She's going on. Come on. So do you want to, do you want to, oh, there we go. One, two, three, four. And there we go. Bailey. Good girl. Ariana, thanks so much. Chris and I are going to wrap this thing up. Uh, awesome. This has been great. I appreciate you. Thank being you here. for having me. All right. Amazing. And uh, ArianaWhitlow.com, is that it? Yeah, that's it. You can find me on, you know, social media, all the Instagrams and and Facebook and like TikTok's too young for me, so I'm not there. Thanks, Ariana. This thanks, has been, everybody. This has been wonderful. Amazing. Well, that was fun. Ariana had to literally zip out to grab her kids, but that is the life of a uh, busy mom and a busy musician. Uh, and Ariana embodies both of those um, very well and tries to balance it. So Chris has gone back to the piano and he's playing Sunny Side of the Street. It's a sunny day here in Edmonton. And we're talking a little bit earlier about uh, Willie Nelson and different artists doing these songs. Willie Nelson is a great version of Sunny Side of the Street. If you ever uh, check it out. And I think it's one of these songs that we can look at our potential as artists. And uh, when we talk about gratitude, what is the sunny side of the street when it comes to our gratitude? And how does that affect our playing? The way Chris is playing this song has just got such a treatment to it of joy and so much fun. So 
I hope you got a lot from Ariana Whitlow today. Again, you can visit arianawhitlow.com and see her, uh, all of her, you know, clips and photos and all kinds of things there. Uh, a lovely artist. She does a great job. And, you know, whatever you bring to your world, uh, bring it with gratitude and with preparation and with joy and with just a sense that this is what you bring to the world, whether you're a doctor or a flight attendant or an artist or a piano player, a guitar player, regardless of what that is. And I know we say this a lot, but being able to bring what you bring and say your strength out loud because the world needs what you have. We want to thank you again for being on Keys to Life, checking it out today. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we got lots more episodes on our little site there on Apple and Spotify. So please check us out. And uh, as Chris likes to say, um, take care of yourself. Be good to yourself. Thanks for listening. <laughs>